Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Geek Town Radio episode 172. I'm your host Dave and I have with me... Ross! Thanks, Dave. How are you? All right. How are you? Um, much better now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, we a mess at the moment. We're, we're busy moving house, and you know what that's like with bags and boxes everywhere. Ah, okay. Yes, that's always a bit of a pain. Yeah. Um, so. Still, uh, we've got to. We've got to sort of. We've been trying to clear all the things we need to watch off the skybox and everything to get it all out of the way. Yes, it's what amazes me whenever you move houses, the amount of crap you've managed to accumulate in the short time you've been somewhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got to, we're, we're doing this sort of strip back thing where I don't leave anything, so I'm selling all yeah. comics and graphic novels and books and furniture and everything's got to go. Ah, blimey. Hence your, your message earlier about, do you want to buy some graphic novels? And oh, I sent yeah. you a picture back of my collection going, no, I'm good, thanks, because I've got yeah. a wall full of them. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen anything like that. I imagine your house doesn't have supported walls it just has piles of yeah piles of comic books basically i live in a house of comic books that's pretty much it yeah so uh what have you been doing in terms of uh, tv watching then uh well i mean we'll start off with a movie if you don't mind dave uh yes. my wife and i watched uh, the predator uh last night because sorry the predator is the new one we watched predator, predator. which is yes. the first one the um, original and if if you don't find that confusing, then I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I remember Predator being a really good movie, and I think it still is in a lot of ways. Um, so just before the new one comes out, I think on the 14th, we wanted to, to, to uh, watch an old one and get the, get the feel for it. In a lot of ways, a very good movie. In a lot of ways, not less good. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think, here's something for you, Dave. I think Predator is my favorite non-Star Wars sci-fi movie from the 80s. Ah, yeah, well... I think it's the best one. It is, it is very popular. I, I remember sneaking into a cinema to see Predator 2 when I was underage. Wow, <laughs> Only by about six months. I wasn't like way, way under. But, um, I'd have been I'm... underage by about 14 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I like the second one as well. The first one, the second one, which is um, Danny Glover, father of, of yeah. Donald Glover, who's arguably more famous at this point. <laughs> I remember when Predators, the third, the third one came out with Adrian Brody. That was, I think it was 20. 11. Never seen that. So <laughs> uh, I don't think I don't think it's Lawrence Fishburne. So that's good. I don't think it was okay. bad. Right. Uh, I mean, it wasn't Predator One, but yeah. Anyway, um, a really good movie. Uh, some of the special effects are very of their time. Yes, um, but I think it's great. Something I was talking 
to um, my wife about at the time actually is if you don't watch the first there might be spoilers for Predator here by the way but it's from the 80s so <laughs> yeah um, bit late now <laughs> there's a bit if, if, if you're going to watch it skip five minutes and start watching it then because if you don't know that a spaceship crashed on the planet Earth you don't know it's an alien movie until I guess maybe halfway in right um, okay yeah and it's that's a really interesting so what what, what I did because my wife's never seen it I said what we do is we'll start five minutes in and we missed that bit so she doesn't think it's aliens until the middle and she's like it's like a monster or something I'm like yeah you don't see that you don't see that coming and in, in a lot of ways it's a surprise if you've never seen it even if you watch that first bit but you kind of know that something's yeah, yeah. going um, but yeah because they, they start off just looking for people people who've done some horrific things like skinny yeah, yeah. I remember. And, and you think wow it's, uh, and then suddenly it's an alien and you're like whoa but yeah, really good movie. Yeah, it is. It's a very good film. Arnold Schwarzenegger at his top form, I think. Yeah, really good. Um, also on Netflix, uh, we've been watching uh, Great News. We've started and ended Great News, which is a, a sitcom from, I think, Tina, Pe- Tina Fey executive producer. I think, it, yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, it's really good. It's like a 20-minute sitcom about a, a news company that make news, I guess not dissimilar to 30 Rock, but that's like a TV show, SNL type situation. But this is about, you know, news writers and, and the news readers and it, it, I guess it's a little bit like Anchorman in a lot of ways yeah um, but it's a different kind of humour but it's, it's very very good uh, it's all on Netflix season one's all on Netflix it's really good um, also on Netflix uh, I caught up with Better Call Saul last night yes we're, um, we're doing that uh, weekly as a, as a podcast with Matt uh, for, for your Better Call Saul fans go and uh, go on to, to iTunes and go searching for um, Becoming Soul is the name of the podcast if you want to oh, go great. and look for that but yeah he is, he is doing that isn't he wow. yeah yeah he is first definitely it's um it's such a good show that i really yeah. enjoy it i like that he's doing some more questionable things and it's starting to it's starting to really turn that way which is great yeah i mean the the one criticism we have had a little bit of this season is the fact that it's it's really focused much more on the cartel stuff and much less on Jimmy himself. Yeah. It's, it is, I mean, it's still interesting and compelling. It's just, it's more, it's not so much a criticism as kind of interesting this year as, as Jimmy's sure. almost become a side character in the story of the growth of the cartel more yeah, than anything else. What's interesting about that is, is that you might not be as invested if you haven't watched Breaking Bad. So I wonder if somehow that cartel stuff will loop back around around to affecting Jimmy I'm sure it in will in some way in the yeah, future it will. because if they just went this is the cartel stuff but none of that matters until Breaking Bad that's like a weird way to go right yeah I don't think they're going to be doing that so yeah so I hope it loops back in a, in a clever way which I mean of course it will <laughs> yes totally uh, yeah also on uh, Netflix uh, we finished Gotham season 4 uh, yeah. which is really good we were sort of watching weekly I think it's on is it channel 5 or channel yeah 4? E4 E4, that's right. right. And you're sort of watching weekly and then I got a notification on my phone that said, oh, they've just put the whole season on Netflix, so we'll yeah. just watch it there. Um, yes, yeah. That's what, basically what I did. They didn't quite time it right on E4. They left it a little bit too long. And yeah. the uh, the streaming rights are a set date from the US air date. Oh, okay. So that's why when season three didn't air anywhere else, it came onto Netflix as we expected at the same time. So it's it's a set amount of months after the US air date they have to wait. So yeah, and uh, and they just E4 slightly timed that off by a few weeks. It was supposed yeah. to go on E4 a little bit earlier, I think, and they ended up delaying it, and and that's thrown things off. So otherwise, well, I mean, otherwise, not have the best trajectory over here anyway, is it? No, no, it has. But, but yeah. it's doing very well for E4, 
and they've got one more season to go. So, yeah, really good, um, good end to the series. Got a lot of lot of unanswered questions. A lot of uh, I really like Gotham because it has those like it's quite accessible for people who don't know anything about comics and stuff. Yeah, but if you do, if you do know a lot about Batman, then there's a lot of nods and names and things that come up that you go, oh, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, which is good. Yeah, no, it's very good. I I do really enjoy that show and. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how they finish it with the last season. So definitely, very. Did you hear they're making like an Alfred show about? Alfred yes, there is. Pennyworth is actually going to be shot in in Britain as well. That oh, yeah. um, it it's not. It's going to be an entirely different cast. I think it's yeah. not. Although it's the same guys or some of the same guys from that did Gotham, it is going to be a different cast because it's going to have a younger Alfred in it um and it's it's alfred when he first starts working for thomas wayne is the the setup for it and uh it's i think it's actually set in the uk so they're filming it in the uk they're filming it in london so it's it's a more he's sort of historical kind of drama thing i guess interesting um did you hear also that um they picked alec baldwin to do thomas wayne in the joker movie <laughs> yeah yeah um, very briefly he, he just went, oh, i'm not doing that <laughs> <laughs> yeah well he, he was he was signed on to do it to play thomas wayne in the joker movie and then literally about three days later signed off again because apparently it clashed <laughs> yeah. with something else so uh, sure. yeah I, somebody was a bit quick off the mark with that news unfortunately i think so um, yeah. these things happen. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I guess finally from Batman to Spider-Man, there's a new Spider-Man game on the PS4 coming out, uh, I think this Friday. So I've just been, you know, getting really excited about it and watching yes. the videos and everything. I've, um, I've had a little play yeah, with that so because... Be to back next week. Yeah, I, I haven't actually ordered it yet, but um, I had a little play with it when I was uh, at the gaming festival. Was it Insomnia uh, what, two yeah. weeks ago? I uh, had a little play with it and uh really fun it'd be difficult to say from a sort of 20 minute playthrough but i mean it it feels like it's going to be one of the best spider-man games we've had in a very very long time so uh the, right. the control system's really nice the swinging about the city's really nice i mean i don't console game very much at all but this is one that i think i'm probably going to be getting i i think i'm uh very much looking forward to that it should be good fun. Yeah, cool i have to give you a, a mini review next week yes yes definitely how about you dave what have you been doing well uh we'll start off with my gaming stuff actually a couple of games i've been playing uh one called phantom doctrine which is it, you know the game xcom yeah 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 so it's it's kind of xcom but with spies essentially okay. so rather than like going to yeah it's that exactly i mean it's almost exactly xcom actually oh, but yeah. the system that you're actually using rather than going in guns blazing to everything what you've got to do is go in and try and be as stealth as possible essentially so uh, you can have your characters go undercover and uh, it's really, really solid game. Very much in, enjoying playing, was enjoying playing through that. And then Two Point Hospital came out. And uh, if you're not aware of Two Point Hospital and you're a fan of the original um, Theme Hospital games, <laughs> which I think were Maxis, I think it was a Theme Hospital were originally Maxis games. Sounds so, like Maxis. Oh, it was Bullfrog actually. So it predates Maxis. <laughs> um, wow. So they, they, yeah, the original theme hospital were Bullfrog games, and uh, I loved, loved those sort of things. Same people that did um, the roller coaster things, and I was going to say it looks like roller coaster tycoon for hospital. Is yeah, right? it, it, basically that's the sort of thing that that uh, the original was. This is the closest we've come to a sort of spiritual 
successor uh, mm. to, to that sort of thing. It's just wonderful. You're basically managing and building a hospital. People come in with wonderful, bizarre diseases. Like there's a thing called turtle head where they come in and uh, they seem to have no head, but you have to build a machine that pops their head back out of their body. <laughs> so there's things like that. Right. And uh, there's a chromology room where people come in and they're apparently all chrome and they have to go into a booth and get sprayed back from to the right colour and right. Uh, that sort of stuff. So the, there's there's lots of little things like that. Um, uh, it's just fun. It's really good fun. There are a few issues with, uh, you know, if you're going to get really picky and you're very, very into these games about how certain structures work and um, how things are balanced and that sort of stuff, which right. they kind of need to sort out possibly. But as a general kind of playthrough, it's fun. It's funny. It It's really nicely put together. It's sort of bright and pretty and, you know, the the characters are great and, and you're just sort of building up this hospital and, uh, and working around it. It's, that's been really good fun. So uh, that's been my main jam recently. And the other thing gaming-wise that came out was there was a 48-minute gameplay demo of Cyberpunk 2077, which came out as well this week, the end of last week. Um, yeah. This is the new game from CD Projekt Red, who are the people behind the Witcher series. Yeah. It's slightly different to the Witcher in that, uh, well, I mean, the game's completely different to the Witcher, <laughs> but, it, but it, I mean, it's still an RPG. It's mm-hmm. um, first person rather than third person. As you'd expect from a game's name, it is a Cyberpunk set system. Uh, I advise you if you're into that sort of thing if you're into RPGs and into particularly futuristic RPGs go and watch the gameplay yeah. demo because it looks fabulous it does uh, look really I- great doesn't it uh, I mean, there's no release date on that yet. They've What I like about CG Project Red, having had a lot of mistakes when they released The Witcher the first time, they've basically said, it'll be done when it's done. Yeah, oh, um, it'll be years now, Dave. It'll be, we're looking at 2025 or something. Yeah, well, yeah, they've, they've sort of said, I think they're aiming by uh, 2022 they've kind of said he's the far far end of it but it may be out as early as next year but it does look great but it looks amazing so yeah. I, I would say 2020 is a is a fair stab at when you might see it but uh, it's been developed yeah, for a while but it looks brilliant it seems so. to draw on so much as well you've got like you've got a bit of Witcher in there you've got sort of Fallout stuff and you've got Bioshocky stuff and there's yeah. a lot of different you can see a lot of different influences and in DNA in there it just looks terrific it's like all of those things much better <laughs> yeah looks absolutely wonderful so um those are the sort of gaming things tv wise the original season five is actually out on netflix now i just haven't got around to watching it yet but it is out if you were, were waiting for that you can go watch it on netflix now upstart crow came back this week as well which is a wonderfully silly show and uh, I really, really enjoy that. Just pokes fun at William Shakespeare. Uh, they did bid, basically him coming up with Midsummer Night's Dream this week was was the premise of the episode. And uh, the, each episode is, is basically him coming up with ideas for particular plays or you know sonnets or whatever and the episode sort of riffs around that and where he came up with the idea for it david mitchell's just brilliant in it it's a wonderful cast it's from ben elton it's very blackadder ish do you know i was gonna say it smacks of blackadder i was gonna ask you if you knew who wrote it but here we are yeah it is it's ben elton and uh it's very blackadder ish in the way that it feels it's not quite got the level of weight that blackadder had to it but the cast is still brilliant and it's wonderfully fun so uh, that's on bbc2 and i guess the earlier series are probably on iplayer if you want to go and look for those the main thing that's been 
certainly the, the end of the week that I've been doing is uh, Jack Ryan, which uh, came onto Amazon on Friday and I have binge-watched my way through the entire series <laughs> over the weekend. Uh, it's only eight episodes, so it's not very long to get through. Utterly compelling and one of the best TV shows I've seen this year, I think. It's really, really solid. If you like shows like Homeland, if you like those sort of dramas, it's in a very similar vein to that. Most people, I think, know what the premise is at this point. It's basically Jack Ryan. He is a young CIA analyst. He previously was a soldier, gets pulled out into the field when he discovers that there is a terrorist plot happening, essentially. I mean, that's the basic setup for it. What I like about it is the villain isn't just a sort of two-dimensional, ha ha ha, I'm going to blow up the world sort of thing. There is actually a bit more depth to him than that. They do a bit more background about his motives and sort of where he came from. There are some twists in the story, which I think the audience might get to before the characters on screen do, but I, I don't think that's necessarily a problem. Um, I, you know, I think there will be people, if you know these sort of dramas, that will, will kind of see some of things coming. But I don't actually find that too much of an issue. Part of the fun of watching it is watching them discover how they kind of find out where you think it's going if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. How's uh, Jim from The Office? Is he good? Yeah, uh, John Krasinski's amazing in that role. It's It really suits him. They've already got a second season, which is in production at the moment. Wendell Pierce plays his boss in this. Uh, he's probably best known at the moment for being in Suits, but of course was in The Wire. He was bunk in The Wire as well. He's great in basically everything you see him in. So um, I am I was very happy to see him in this. I'm guessing he's probably only doing the one season just because of the fact that he's now on Suits permanently as well. Yeah. So I, I suspect he's probably only doing the one season. And I don't want to say, I don't want to say anything, nothing. I, yeah, I know. I don't, I don't want to say anything because even if I said, <laughs> so, <laughs> there, there isn't any reason why he couldn't be back in the second season. Right. Maybe. Is that too spoilery? Or maybe there is. I, yeah, I, I don't want to say anything. So yeah, because I don't want to spoil it for people. But um, well, he's dead, yeah. Well, he's dead, yeah. <laughs> so yes. Maybe. Moving on. Moving on. But, uh, but yeah, he's great. Um, Abby Corn. She's is great who plays Kathy Miller, who I guessing he goes on to become Jack Ryan's wife, I would think. I'm trying to remember later on, but uh, she's brilliant as well in, in this. So it's it's just a really solid cast. It's well, well worth going to watch. But uh, yeah, one of the best dramas I've seen this year. Really good. So that's all the stuff we'd be doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. <laughs> We kick off the TV and film news this week with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. few early air dates for you. We're sort of heading into that bit of the time, which is September, October, where everything suddenly comes back on TV. So a uh, few advanced air dates. Uh, Universal TV have announced The Resident Season 2 coming on the 16th of October. Chicago Med back on the 21st of October. And Law & Order Special Victims Unit, that's uh, 20th season of that, back on the 24th of October for that. So uh, they're all coming back. 20 seasons. Blimey. Oh, 
Come on. Ray Donovan, we've got season premiere for uh, season six of that, which is 1st of November. Uh, haven't got an exact time for that, but it'll be 9, 10 o'clock in the evening. That's going to be interesting this season because they've moved everything, including the actual filming. They've moved everything from LA to New York. So uh, it's the whole thing's set in New York for this uh, sixth season. So they've really shaken things up with that now. Sam Ishmael, the guy behind Mr. Robot, has announced he's ending it with season four, which a lot of people were like, no, no, you can't get it. You can't take this away. But I'm kind of at the point with Mr. Robot where I don't know how much longer you could have strung it out for. Because you don't it's, want it to go on too long, do you? Yeah, you don't want it to go on too long. I think four seasons sort of works for it because every, every subsequent season has been based on something that happened in the previous season. Uh, you know, it's all sort of based off the, the initial attack that they did in the first season. So it's kind of edged along a little bit, but it's all sort of part of one massive story. So you'd either you're getting to the point that you'd sort of either have to go a radically different direction, I think, with it, or you sort of need to bring it to an end. And they they apparently toyed with the idea of doing a fifth season, but Sam was like, actually, I think I can get it done in the fourth season, and I think I'd rather do that. So uh, he uh, he decided to bring it to the end with season four. HBO has released the first trailer for True Detective season three, which is coming to Sky Atlantic and HBO next year. This looks kind of interesting. Uh, obviously different cast with yeah, uh, I was say, it's, been a, it's been a few years since the last one isn't it yeah well it was never entirely clear whether they were going to bring it back because the second season didn't do particularly well yeah. so they are coming back uh, Nick Pizzolazio has taken full control of the thing again which he wasn't in control of it for as, as much for the second season I don't think so uh, he's back in full control the main leads on Mashahala Ali and Stephen Dorff are the uh, are the kind of main two cop characters because I mean the premise is basically the same it's mm. it's set throughout the years and it's following two different detectives I mean that's a great cast to get I mean you've got one guy who's coming off the back of a bunch of Oscars and Emmys and that sort of thing yeah. so uh, it's a really solid cast we'll have to see how it does but the nice thing about this is you don't have to, you can kind of ignore the second season if you didn't like it because I wasn't very <laughs> into the second season and I ended up abandoning it sort of after a few episodes so um, I guess Fargo's a bit like that too yeah Fargo's sort of, very much like that. Like it didn't happen. Yeah, if you don't like it, it didn't happen, you can jump to the next one. So you same with like American horror and stuff like that. So this might be worth jumping back into. It takes place in the Ozarks, this one which is uh, Montana, I think, the Ozarks are in. And uh, lastly, The Expanse apparently is leaving Netflix at the end of the month. So this throws up the question about when it's going to appear on Amazon, because at the moment we don't know. Season three hasn't aired in the UK yet. So Netflix have opted to uh, presumably not renew the contract they had with The Expanse. So it means it's dropping off them there. Whether it will then immediately pop up on Amazon, we don't know. I'm trying to get a bit more information out of Amazon to find out what's going to happen with that. Hopefully it will pop up fairly quickly and we'll get season three in November sometime, hopefully, and then season four when season four is launched because Amazon are making season four. We just don't know at the moment. It's all a bit up in the air. But it is apparently leaving Netflix at the end of September. So if you haven't caught the first two seasons of The Expanse, 
go and watch them before it disappears. And uh, hopefully it will be back up on Amazon fairly quickly after that. Moving on to some bigger news. Alan Tudyk is joining Doom Patrol. It was announced this week. He's playing the villain Mr. Nobody. Plus they announced a bunch of other stuff about the uh, the DC Universe streaming service as well. Mm. Alan Tudyk, of course, people will know from Firefly Serenity. Um, he was also in uh, Star Wars Rogue One, although you wouldn't have known because he was doing motion capture work. <laughs> so yeah. uh, he played the robot, whatever the robot was called. Uh, K2SO, the robot. The, the very sassy robot in that, <laughs> which is awesome. Mr. Nobody, which is the character that he's playing, is the sort of villain going up against the Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol, of course, is this new series which is coming to the uh, DC Universe new streaming service. It consists of a bunch of outcast heroes called Robot Man, Negative Man, Elastigirl, Crazy Jane, and Dr. Niles Calder, otherwise known as the Chief. All of them suffered horrific accidents and uh, that gave them superhuman abilities and uh, the chief brings them all together we also know cyborg is going to be in this series as well the character of mr nobody is uh, also known as eric morden got his powers after exposure to unknown experiments by an ex-nazi in post-war paraguay emerging as a living shadow able to drain the sanity of others as the enigmatic and totally insane mr nobody so um, i can see alan tudyk playing a character like that he can be very dark and creepy when he wants to be if you ever saw him in dollhouse as alpha particularly he's you know he's a wonderful comic actor but his portrayal in alpha as alpha in dollhouse was particularly grim so yes i'm very much looking forward to this are you i mean we don't know where these are coming yet these these when these shows are coming yet because they have yet to announce any form of kind of international distribution yeah. for the dc universe yet i guess you're looking forward to these being a dc <laughs> fan yeah, I think so. I think more if, if they're going to have all the um, you know Batman animated stuff. If they're going to have more of the animated stuff in general and the comics, isn't it? They, they, didn't they say they're going to have all the comics? Like yeah, a bunch of the comics. Not 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 all of them, I don't think. But they're going to oh, have quite a well. They they're, they're certainly saying that they're going to launch with quite a lot of them. I guess they're not going to want to do the most recent stuff because they're not going well, to yeah, want to that, take the comic That was themselves. what I thought. If you've got something like Marvel Unlimited, they have a, a, a gap of, I think it's about six months. You're getting the new comics on Marvel Unlimited are six months ago's comics, which is great for me. I don't really care about that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that, that, that's a fantastic thing to have them all available. And, you know, the fact that there's Alan Tudyk in, in TV shows is, is great as well um, yeah. on top of that. Yeah. yeah, I guess all those things together, depending on the price point. Any guesses? What, what would well, you say? Because this is a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, they're launching it in the US. The dates for the US launch, 15th of September, it's launching in the US, which is apparently Batman Day. So uh, right. uh, 15th of Why September, <laughs> that's when they're launching it in the US. Titans, which is the other big TV show, uh, which yeah. leads into Doom Patrol, that's launching on the 12th of October. They're also... With angry, Sweary Robin. Yes, with, with Angry, Sweary Robin in it they're also doing a world premiere screening of titans on october 3rd at new york comic con apparently not that i will be at new york comic con but uh, <laughs> but yes so it, you know if there are any americans listening to this that's head to new york comic con for that you'll get to see titans i mean that's definitely something to look forward to on the comic book side they are going to have a lot of the historical stuff definitely on there so first appearance of batman superman and wonder woman will be available to read at launch they're going to be do, putting things like uh, Batman Gothic, The Authority, Green Arrow, Year One, Shazam, New Teen Titans, The Identity Crisis series, which is a great series of books if you've not read 
Dice, Batman Adventures, Jack Kirby's New Gods, a bunch of other DC classics. I don't know how close up they're going to go to the new stuff. I suspect it will be that sort of six month gap like they do on Marvel side of things. The price point they're launching at in America is $7.99 and uh, $74.99, so $75 annually, depending on what you want to go for. So you save, what, two months, basically-ish, if you uh, don't pay monthly, if you pay annually. So I, I'm guessing $5.99 over here, maybe? Or they'll do it at $7.99 and rip us off, like usually happens. That stuff, all for them, this thing. And all the, you know, movies and TV shows. That's, that's a crazy good, right? Yeah, Is I mean... It's really good. No, I mean, it's the same price as Netflix, basically, for not the current TV DC universe. That's not going to be on there, but you've got all the historical DC stuff. So it's going to be things like, you know, the original Superman, the, the Superman series with Dean Cade, and he's going to be on there, I think, the Lois and Superman series. The Wonder Woman series, the original Wonder Woman series is going to be on there. All the animated stuff, or a lot of the animated stuff will be on there. Um, you've got um, Young Justice, the the uh, cartoon series, the very much beloved cartoon series, is uh, going to be on there at the launch in the US. Young Justice Outsiders, which is basically a continuation of the Young Justice cartoon series, that is not going to arrive until 2019, but it will premiere on there as well. So uh, so Young Justice and, and that are on there. I think they've also said that things like the Justice League animated series, the original Batman, Adventures of Batman, animated series is going to be on there and has been remastered when uh, they've been showing some videos of the remastering which looks phenomenal that is crazy I can't can't believe it's just me who thinks that's ridiculously cheap for all this stuff I I actually think it's a very good price for it I mean it's going to be interesting to see what it launches like and whether the you know because there's rights issues internationally sure so that makes sense yeah maybe yeah that'll be interesting the the sort of so what the differences are so like in the UK Sky has rights to things like the Justice League movies and the Wonder Woman movies at the moment whether they will also end up on the DC service as well I don't know so we'll have to wait and see what that launches is and at the moment we don't know when that's going to launch either that's the other thing Mm. I'm hoping even for their sake it's fairly soon because that Titan series comes out as I said on 12th of October guarantee you it'll be uploaded online on the 13th so so you know and people will be illegally streaming it and we don't approve of of people illegally streaming stuff but when you're launching a big thing like that and you've still not announced where you're going to show it internationally, people that's are going it, to go and find it. That's the thing, isn't it? Because if, if people can pay for it, they'll pay for it. But if they can't get it by paying for it, they'll just steal it. And yeah. that, you know, that that's like a... Why, why wouldn't you give them no other option, really? Yeah, you know, as I say, we don't approve of people doing that and, don't do it. you know, don't do it. But uh, I, it's, you understand why people do it, you know. If you've Definitely. got no other option to get it anywhere else and it's out there and there are so many ways of getting it, people will do it. That's why they need to announce the international date at some point before October 12th, I think. Yeah, because if it's everywhere, then it's fine. Everyone yeah, I mean, if it's... Enough, I, and if if they kind of say, okay, we're launching it internationally in January or in November, a lot of people will go, okay, well, that's fine. I'll just wait until it comes out. But people are still going to go and find it. But yeah. you, people are going to, you know, like, I, I'm perfectly happy to wait until it comes out legally. But you are going to get a 
lot of people which are going to go, well, you've not told us when it's going to come, so I'm just going to go watch it somewhere. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the thing I always was thinking where, you know, reading, uh, I read uh, Marvel Unlimited for, you know, a year, maybe two and a half years or whatever, and there, there's some great stuff. And I just kept thinking, it'd be cool to read some Batman on this. Mm. would be great. Just let me read some Batman. Um, yeah. So if, 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 at the very least, I think that's worth paying for. No, totally. I like the, having the physical comic books, as we discussed earlier, but um, <laughs> I entirely understand that, you know, it's it's a lot more convenient for a lot of people to just pull up a tablet and, and read them on there. So you Also, know. you're destroying the, my planet with your paper. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> uh, so moving on anyway, another sci-fi series, this time over on Netflix, it's called Another Life. It's added a bunch of new cast members. I think we may have talked about this before. Another Life sees astronaut Nico Beckenbridge, played by Katie Sackhoff, her of uh, Battlestar Galactica fame, leads a crew on a mission to explore the genesis of an alien artefact. She and her young crew investigate. They face unimaginable danger on what well might be a one-way mission. So that's the sort of setup for it. Uh, Katie Sackhoff leading their cast. But uh, they announced the rest of them. There's a few familiar names in, one of which is uh, Superman himself, Tyler Hoechlin, who is uh, joining the cast as uh, Ian Yus- Superman. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of Superman kind of would really spoil things, I think. Send everyone point. else home, I've got this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, plays a character called Ian Yuzeka. He's the former commander of the Salvatore space exploration ship who loses the post to Nico. So we're uh, not going to be happy about that, I rather suspect. Hoshlin <laughs> uh, previously starred in uh, Team Wolf, obviously, and had recently been seen as uh, Supergirl's more famous cousin in the Arrowverse Superman and he's actually going back to Superman fairly soon in the crossover episodes apparently so he will pop up on that also Samuel Anderson who most of you will probably know from Doctor who played Danny Pink Clara's boyfriend in Doctor Who. He was also in the Channel 4 series Loaded and was in Scar on Comedy uh, Trolled as well. He's playing William, who is the holographic interface of a sentient AI. So neither a futuristic tin man nor a robot who pines to be human. William is a new form of life with the knowledge of all humanity at his disposal, which is he's kind of an interesting role to take, I guess. Sounds like Holly from Red Door. Uh, <laughs> yes, but maybe rather more intelligent. Yeah, maybe serious as well, maybe like it. Another casting was uh, Justin Chatwin, who plays Eric Wallace, part of the United States Interstellar Command, dedicated to finding intelligent life out in the universe and husband of Commander Nico. Chatwin's previously starred in Shameless. He popped up in Orphan Black, Weeds and American Gothic. I recognise his face uh, probably from Orphan Black, I imagine, but I don't really know him that well. Uh, and Elizabeth Faith Ludlow is uh, playing Kaz Isovic, who is Nico's second in command and staunchy ally, filled with courage and moral conviction. She popped up in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. She's in the next Godzilla movie, played the saviour Arat in Walking Dead as well. Although I have to say, having looked at her face, I don't remember her at all. So, uh, yeah, that's the cast so far. Uh, Classic ensemble sci-fi. Yeah, classic ensemble sci-fi, you know, 
looks like it could be really quite interesting. Also, previously announced to the cast was Selma Blair, who uh, you know know from Cruel Intentions and uh, American Crime Story she was in, plays the 21st century media influencer Harper Glass, who uses journalism, social media, and keen intelligence to attempt to break one of the biggest stories in human history. So, a lot um, going on in this. Yes, there is. There is quite a lot going on. It comes from creator showrunner Aaron Martin, who uh, we interviewed actually slightly before this was announced about uh, Slasher, the second season of Slasher, which is uh, his uh, TV show. Also worked on Degrassi and Saving Hope as well. I think this looks like it could be quite an interesting uh, show. Uh, but uh, it's coming to Netflix, I think, some point next year. They haven't officially announced a date, I don't think, for it yet. It's it's either going to be next year or the year after. It depends how many VFX they have to squash into it, I guess. And last bit of news we have, Matt Smith is going to be travelling to a galaxy far, far away in the next edition of uh, Star Wars Episode Nine. This is Star Wars, so obviously we have no idea who he's going to be playing. Yeah. I don't know, what do you reckon? He's British, I, which got to make him one of the bad guys, surely. Well, I was going to say Hooks type figure, but that would like be, basically he's playing the, he'd be playing the same character in my mind as Donald Gleeson. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I could see him as a bad guy in one of those like uniform things with the little hat. Yeah, um, I, I mean, if I could see him as a good, guy. maybe maybe an alien, maybe raised parents, maybe he's, <laughs> maybe maybe he's unrecognizable. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe, maybe he's <laughs> under heavy makeup. I don't know. I mean, I can, I can see him in the first order uniform. I can I can see that being likely. Put him in a Jedi robe. Yeah, yeah. you see, an English accent doesn't really go with the sort of. I mean, I know Ray's uh, kind of technically Obi-Wan Jedi. Obi Wan Kenobi ish. <laughs> But no, well, no, because if you're going to do that, I think the internet would go mad if it was anybody other than Ewan McGregor in that role at this point. Yeah, make him a bad guy, why not? Yeah, so so I don't know. I think a bad guy would be kind of interesting, but I mean, we just don't know. It could be something entirely Leicester field. I mean, it's J.J. Abrams that's doing it this time, uh, took over after Colin Trevorrow was uh, kicked off the movie due to creative differences, as <laughs> is the old way. I want to see what J.J.'s going to do with this film and whether he's going to sort of retcon some of the stuff from the last movie oh. that was in, unpopular. So. I hope he doesn't. I, I, I don't like backpedalling. I think if you're going to change it, change it and stick with it. I don't so. know. I mean, I do wonder whether they're going to flip back to Ray having parents again. And <laughs> I having... mean, there's no doubt she had parents, Dave. Well, well, no, because she was, well, the whole thing about her parents being nobodies, and I wonder if they're going to go back to significant. to them being more significant, possibly, and Kylo was lying. Oh, maybe. See, that's, I, I think that's, that's an easy one to brush off. Yeah. Um, there is something like, let's say, bringing back a deceased character without spoiling anything. That, well, that's a little bit hard. Things like that are a little bit harder. Well, not impossible. Depends who the... I mean, if the deceit character is a Jedi, that's fairly straightforward. Maybe maybe it's easy enough. But I just think that to have a big thing happen, an important thing happen in the series, a milestone in the Star Wars universe, and then just to completely take that back... No, I mean... I I would feel bad about it. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think they're going to completely take that back, but I I suspect we're going to see a blue, glowy Luke Skywalker. No no (laughs) doubt, I'm sure, yes, no. No doubt about that. Why not bring him back? Because, I mean, I think that, that's fine. Because, I mean, they did it They did it with the first, like, A New Hope. You know, yeah. they killed off Alec Guinness and then they kind of brought him back. back. 
brought him back the next movie. So, you know, I, I think that's fine. Having a blue glowy um, Luke Skywalker is not a problem for me. It's like, in, I guess, less so because Star Wars is like a bigger deal. But do, do you remember in um, Thor Ragnarok where he lost an eye and he, he changed very much as a character? Right, and then yeah. he comes back in the Avengers and basically the first thing they do is give him a new eye. <laughs> and that felt a bit weird. Unless that eye is significant later, that feels like a weird... To me, I feel like, just leave him with the eye patch, who cares? I don't know. It didn't particularly bother me and made for some comedic okay, moments. Maybe that's so maybe for, yeah, <laughs> I, I know what you mean, but yeah didn't bother me too much that yeah so we we know mark hamill is in the next film because they've already announced that we know that anthony daniels is back as c-3po uh we also know that billy d williams will be back for the first time since the original movies as lando calrissian which i'm very much looking forward to seeing him back on screen and uh, carrie fisher will be uh, back using previously unseen footage from The Force Awakens. She will be back on. Interestingly, it's unseen footage from The Force Awakens and uh, not unseen footage from The Last Jedi. Yeah. So, Maybe something to do with setting. Possibly. I guess most of The Last Jedi, they were on a spaceship. Yeah, um, Maybe. Where- Maybe the, um, Force Awakens had a couple of bits on the ground. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I, so I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how that works. I'm I'm glad they're finding a way to put her in it at least, and hopefully close out that story in a reasonably satisfying way. I hope they've got a couple of newcomers as well, which they've already announced. Uh, Richard E. Grant will be in it now. He's got to be playing a bad guy, surely. He's be, he, he looks a bit like Snoke, Richard E. Grant. He does. He does. So sort uh, of long head. I don't. Yeah. Sort and of uh, Naomi. Aki, who is the other one, who was in the five and has also been in Doctor Who as well. Um, like a little Doctor Who reunion going yes, on. Yes, a little Doctor Who reunion going on there. So they, those two are going to be in it. But nineteenth uh, of December next year, that movie lands. That's so far away. Have we got another one coming out? Oh, I don't think we have, have we? No, no, because uh, Solo was earlier this year. That yeah, was this they were going to do more, but then Solo was no good. Well, they're going to do more anyway. I mean, sure. yeah, they're not going to sit on that license, are they? They're not going to stop with the Star no. Wars. We've we've got oh, plenty of Star Wars things coming up. So uh, <laughs> whether they'll they'll do those kind of Star Wars tales things again, I don't know. But they were supposed to be some more of those. But there is a new trilogy coming as well. So yes, busy, busy. Right. So that's all the news for this week. Let's move on to the interview. <laughs> 
The interview this week is with the Emmy-nominated makeup artist Joe Delude, who uh, worked on Jesus Christ Superstar, the uh, live in concert thing that aired in America, and uh, he also worked on Wicked as well, the uh, stage musical. So uh, it's less TV and more kind of stage-related, really. This, but he was such an interesting guy and worked on such a huge amount of amazing projects that. I was really happy to sit down and have a conversation with him. Uh, so the Jesus Christ Superstar concert aired in April. I think you can actually buy it on DVD over here. I don't think it's actually aired on TV, but uh, ended up receiving 13 Emmy nominations, including one for makeup for a multi-camera series or special. Joe is kind of well-known in the theatre makeup side, more so than probably the TV stuff, because he was the original makeup artist for Wicked. And uh, one of his main jobs these days is actually going around the world World when they set up new productions of Wicked and checking all the makeup and stuff is all right. He also worked on the Broadway revival of Grease, Into the Woods, the George Decay show Allegiance, Anastasia, and the <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants the musical, which uh, we've talked right. about before on here, which sounds fantastic. For Jesus Christ Superstar, he was given the freedom to use the inspiration from all the design elements, costume sets to create a dewy, fresh, and slightly dirty look on all the ensemble. The tattoos he designed were based on sacred geometry and religious iconography representing the Holy Trinity, crosses, churches and stained glass windows. So uh, we talked to him about all that sort of stuff. We uh, talk a bit about Wicked and um, very interesting how he got into it and what sort of position he was in when the Jesus Christ Superstar thing came along. That's really fascinating to talk to. So um, here's Joe. Here's the interview with him. We'll see you afterwards with some highlights for next week on TV. It's lovely to have you on. I, I think, as as they probably explained to you, it's it's a slightly odd situation because the uh, Jesus Christ Superstar musical has never aired in the UK. Um, <laughs> I, I guess we should start off by just doing a bit of background. Uh, how did you get into makeup design in the first place? From a, a time that I was a kid, I always loved like old monster movies, like Dracula, Frankenstein, all those old movies. Um, where I lived, I grew up in Rhode Island, and where we lived, we had um, a UHF channel. 56 that on Saturday afternoons would play the creature double feature. Yeah. So we would always have like these amazing things where I fell in love with Godzilla and, and all of those things. And, um, so I would always watch them and I always loved doing that. And I would, uh, for Halloween, I would always do some kind of crazy something on me and my parents allowed me. I mean, there's a picture that I have of me as a mummy. And I remember standing on the table and my mother like wrapping me up in bandages and then like putting like fake blood on me, which is really So they always sort of encouraged it. And then as I got older, um, I did theater. And so I would do makeup on myself for that. And, um, and then when my nieces got to be, I can't even say older because they were still little kids. I would practice on them. (laughs) And my oldest niece is 10 years younger than I am. So like probably about the time that she turned like 12-ish, I think I started doing makeup on her and her sister. And then I moved to New York and I was working in a punk rock, rock and roll clothing store in um, St. Mark's. People would come in, I would wear makeup on myself and people would come in, photographers and stylists and say, hey, are you a makeup artist? And I would say, yes, I am. And, uh, and then they would bring me in and, um, for free, you know, I would just, I would do these test shots and test photo shoots and just get photos off of them. And it's how I started building my book. Uh, eventually got a job working for Mac cosmetics and did that for a while. And I was a a manager with them. 
And then I just, I couldn't do that anymore. I couldn't live that sort of retail life anymore. So I just decided to freelance, moved out to LA to do more film and television, was starting to like get to know people and starting to get jobs. And then I got a, I was back in New York working for Fashion Week for the Style Network and got asked by my friend Kate Best, who is uh, Vanessa Williams' makeup artist. She said she was doing Into the Woods with Vanessa and she said, can you come in and, and cover for me for two shows? And I said, yes. I went in, two shows turned into eight shows. Then I went back to L.A. She called me the following week, said, can you come back and do another week? So she flew me back. I did another week of shows, went back to L.A. She called me the next week and said, can you come and take over for me? <laughs> I can't do this anymore because she's a you know, she's a freelancer like me. And, and having that set schedule just didn't work for her. Mm. And so I said yes. And uh, so I moved back cross country in the same year <laughs> that I left. And I started doing that in the. I found out that the costume designer, Susan Hilferty for that, that she was going to be designing Wicked. And I had read the book and I loved the book. And I just said, I would love to work on it. And then one day I get a call to come in to design it. And I interviewed, they wanted someone who had an editorial background. They didn't want someone with a theater background. And then I ended up getting it. And then after that, it just sort of, that's how the career went on. It's crazy to think that the sort of main big show that you end up working on is wicked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, you know, I, I, I mean, it was 15 years ago. So, you know, for all of us that have worked on it, it's such a strange experience because for us, it's sort of like routine. Mm. And I'm constantly reminded by fans that see it and people that I know, like people that I'll meet and then become friends with who will be like, oh, my God, that that show changed my life. And I think I think, really? Uh, but I forget like what it felt like in the beginning. I mean, we didn't, when we were setting it up, we had no clue mm. it was going to be as big as it was. Like we, we were all sitting backstage just waiting. And from the beginning, the crowd was so amazingly loud and loving it. And, and we were like, okay, maybe we did do something good here. <laughs> and who knew? I mean, many years later that I would have traveled all over the world, you know, setting up wickeds in all different languages and, you know, all different cultures. It's kind of amazing. That's just crazy. I mean, where did you start with the makeup for that show? Because, I mean, you know, obviously it, it's based around the sort of Wizard of Oz thing and you, mm -hmm. you've obviously got a... I mean, was it was it always given that, that she was... I, I don't know the book, so was it always given that she was going to be like a, a green witch? Like, where did you really sort of pick up and, and start designing for that? Well, I think for The Wicked Witch, for Alphaba, in the book, she's definitely green, but she's not that attractive right. to like the general public. She has like these sharpened teeth and, you know, sort of like, quote unquote, unattractive face. The one thing that we wanted to do, and when I talked to Susan Hilferty, the costume designer, is that we wanted to make sure that she stayed beautiful, that it wasn't about the fact that she was ugly or anything like that. It was about the fact that her skin was a different color. And so the one thing that we started with that was coming up with something that looked like skin. We didn't want it to be so green, like Margaret Hamilton mm. green. You know, we didn't want her to have the hooked nose or anything like that. But I pulled a lot of images of different traditional witches, green witches, just to sort of look at it. And one of the things that I found was that they all look fake, like it doesn't look like skin 
it looks to me like green makeup. I mean, maybe to other people, it does look like skin, but I wanted to make sure it did. Mm. So that was one point that we started with. The other thing was also making her attractive. So her, she has a basic beauty makeup. There's nothing different or strange about it. It's just basic beauty. And then in act two, she gets a little bit more glammed up. She gets a little bit more dramatic and darker with her contour, but that's it. I mean, the big thing is, is the green. And so one of the things I did was use this pigment, this sort of golden olive pigment from MAC that sort of has this reflective quality. So if you're looking at someone's skin, you can see the light sort of reflecting off of it. There's sort of a little bit of a shine on their face and that's what that does. So when the light hits it, it has this sort of sheen, so it doesn't look so flat and matte. Right, yeah. Yeah. You've done a whole bunch of, of things. I mean, we'll, we'll come to Jesus Christ Superstar, but I mean, the, some of the other things, SpongeBob SquarePants, the, the musical, <laughs> right. which... I mean, you you look at that on paper. We've actually interviewed uh, Walter and Mike, the sound guys, yes. uh, for that. We I interviewed them a few weeks ago, and uh, but it is one of those things that you look at thinking this should never work, <laughs> you know, as a stage. <laughs> yeah, and like twelve Tony nominations later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't, you know, I will talk about my shows and I'll say, oh yeah, they're good. This was one show that I did that I could not stop talking about. I yeah. just thought Tina Landau, the director, I thought she's so smart. She waited and waited. They did so many workshops of this and, and worked on it for so many years. And she waited until she knew it was the right moment. And you can tell it by watching the show. You know, there's nothing superfluous in it. Everything has a purpose and it's so well done. And the music from all the different artists, like, works so well in it. And the one thing that I like is, you know, I've watched SpongeBob many times because I have friends that have kids and, yeah. and, you know, the good thing about SpongeBob is that it's good for adults and it's good for kids. Like there's humor for both in there. And the show is exactly the same way. It just holds that spirit of it. And I remember the first preview when we were in Chicago sitting in the audience. And so it's a mix of like kids and adults and at the end, when they're singing the SpongeBob SquarePants song, like looking around at these kids and just like huge smiles on their faces and so excited and like jumping up and down. I was like, you never get that at a Broadway show. Yeah. It's so rare that you can find that at a Broadway show. And then you look next to them and their parent is like doing the same exact thing. And so like excited and, <laughs> and smiling and just enjoying themselves. And and so it's, it's, it's such a great show. And I'm so sad that it has to close, but um, yeah, but, well, it'll have other reincarnations other incarnations. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully it'll end up over this side of the pond at some point because I'm sure we'd love to see it. Because, you know, anytime I get to come and work over in the UK, I am very happy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's something that will we'll end up touring and, and end up over here at some point, I'm sure. Yes. You also worked on Allegiance as well, which I thought was was an interesting one. Um, partly because uh, George Takei was the, the first person I ever interviewed. For, really? Yeah. Anything. Uh. He's partly responsible for the fact that I run a podcast now because they offered me an interview with George Takei and I was like, well, if I'm going to record it, can I, can I put it up on the website? And they were like, yeah. So, so I had to figure out how to do it. <laughs> so, so he's he's a enti- almost entirely responsible for the reason that I do these interviews now. Uh, he, he's such a sweet, wonderful guy. I was. Oh God, yes, yes. I, I, so uh, I mean, how, how did that come about? What yeah, you know, what sort of stuff were you doing for for that show? So I was brought in, and you know, it's nine, it's it's a basic makeup, so it's 1940s, so it's not a lot, but you know, especially working with people of Asian heritage, a lot of people. It's the same thing as working for people darker skins. Like a lot of artists have not had that experience, so they don't know how to 
to do correct makeup for different eye shapes, for different skin colors, what's going to look good, what's not going to look good. And I've had a lot of experience. And part of that was working retail and working with women of every type. Yeah. And as much as I, I could never work retail again, I always tell people that I, that I do classes for, like the best way to learn is to do that because mm -hmm. you get all these people. And so I think that was one of the reasons that I was brought in to do it. And so I came in and it was a very quick uh, it wasn't a very long period for me, but um, I got to work with them. And for me, it was very powerful because growing up, we're not taught that history. Yeah. We're not taught the history of the Japanese internment camps. I didn't even know they happened until I got older because no. um, we don't talk about that. And in fact, we have a we well, we used to we used to have a VJ day victory over the Japanese. Like, you know, so we're thinking like, oh, they were the enemy. But yeah, we were just as bad and putting people into camps and yeah. like, oh, but we, we don't want to talk about that. Um, so it was so powerful for me to see this. And because everybody in the show was all from Asian heritage and a Asian descent. So for them, it had a much more personal and heartfelt emotion. And you could see it. You could see it on stage. And I remember there was one scene, the bombing of Hiroshima. And the way they did it was so beautiful that like I was in tears by the end of it. And just knowing that this is something in our history that we've done that we don't learn. Yeah. We don't learn from our mistakes. And it's just it makes it's so sad that we as a human race tend to make the same mistakes over and over again. Mm. It's very powerful. And getting to work with George was amazing because, um, you know, I grew up watching Star Trek with my dad. <laughs> and I'm never, I'm never one for like, can I get a picture with you? Can I get a picture with you? But I had to drop off something into some makeup in his dressing room. And I said, George, and we had already talked before this. And I had said, you know, I don't usually ask this, but can I get a picture of you? I was like, I grew up watching Star Trek as a kid with my dad. And he was like, well, because you were brought up correct. And I was, <laughs> I was like, yes, I was. Um, and, uh, and he was so lovely and so gracious. And he took the picture and I sent it to my dad and he was so excited. You know, it's just great. And working with Leah Salonga, like she's wonderful and she's such an amazing performer and such an amazing person. Hmm. Um, so it's just a whole really delightful and warm experience for me. Yeah. I only had about 20 minutes to talk to him, but I, he was just gracious and thoroughly lovely for the entire time. I, I was, uh, very, very pleased having spoken to him because I'm a huge Star Trek fan as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, me too. Should really talk about Jesus Christ Superstar Live because <laughs> that was that's sort of the the big thing, and uh, you know, uh, thirteen Emmy nominations, including one for yourself uh, for makeup design. Which uh, congratulations on that. Thank you, thank you very much. So, how did you end up getting involved with this? Because you you've done films before, but you've not really done TV stuff before. But then, I guess this is kind of you know a theatre show, but filmed really. Right, right. Well, I've done like a few like day playing on TV shows, right? Um, some day on Smash, and um, I've done some other stuff for PBS, not like like smaller things, but it's not really something I've done a lot of. Yeah. But it's an interesting story because last year, you know, as a freelancer, your career goes up and down. And even though I've, I'm so far ahead in my career, last year, there was a period from the summer until the winter where I really had no work. And for months, I'm thinking, what is happening? Like, I, you know, I had SpongeBob coming to Broadway, but that's about it, you know, and nothing else. No film work. I usually would teach at Pace University in New York, and my semester got canceled for under enrollment. 
So, so I had no money coming in and I just thought maybe this is a sign that I should not be in this anymore. Mm. So I got a part-time job working for a study abroad company, um, which was, I mean, the company was amazing. My boss was incredible, but I'm sitting behind a desk all day on a computer and realized this is not for me. And I had decided that I was going to quit the job and I just figured, well, you know what, I guess I'll just go back to doing makeup and I'll figure out how to get some work. And I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll do something. And Chuck LaPointe, Charles LaPointe, who is nominated for the hair for Jesus Christ Superstar, randomly texted me like the day after I made this decision, texted me and said, how are you? I haven't heard from you in a while. And I said, well, I'm not doing that great. You know, I I had this part time job and it's not working out for me. And I guess I'll just figure out what I'm going to do next. And he said, well, you should text Paul Taswell, who is the costume designer superstar about doing the Donna Summer musical with us. And I say and I texted Paul. We talked and he said, yeah, I would really like you to do Donna Summer, but there's another project happening at the same time that I really want you to do is Jesus Christ Superstar live on NBC. And I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> I will do it. I was like, you don't have to tell me any details. I'm doing it. My schedule's open. I don't care when I have to be there. Yeah. Um, and then it and then it just went from there. And, you know, they the line producer called me and and we talked and she sent my information up to the powers that be. Coincidentally, one of the producers is Mark Platt, who produced Wicked. Oh, uh, that was that was really great. I was like, that's a great connection, you know. So so he already knew me. So that was a good part to getting the job. And then, yeah, they called me within a, a couple of days and they were like, yes, you know, we want you to come on as the designer. Awesome. So where do you end up approaching the makeup for that because i mean knowing knowing that it's going to be on tv as well does that sort of alter what you're doing and the fact that it's a kind of one-off you know thing Mm -hmm. it's a Mm -hmm. one-off live thing i mean no no pressure but you know no mistakes yeah (laughs) Um, well, because I had done, you know, I know, I know how film works. I know how television works. So that wasn't, and I actually enjoy that because it allows me to do types of makeup that I don't get to do on stage. Mm. Um, things that won't read on stage, but could read up close, you know, especially beauty makeup. And so I approached it first, like, you know, spoke with Paul and saw his costume sketches and the renderings and, and what he talked with him of was sort of what the look was. You know, he definitely wanted it to be like um, in that area, in, in Israel, like in, in the Middle East area. So he wanted everybody to sort of be fresh and dewy and sort of sun-kissed and have that sort of look. But at the same time, it's, it's what I labeled clean post-apocalyptic. So it was like a post-apocalyptic version, but not where everybody is all like dirty and, and with like crazy makeup smudged all over their face, mm-hmm. but like kind of a little rock and roll, a little bit of 80s. And so that's where sort of where I went from. And so looking up reference pictures of different styles and sort of looks that I, I wanted to do and then sort of figured it out from there. You're working with some great people on that. I mean, uh, you know, John Legend, uh, Alice Cooper, who's, who's a man that knows something about makeup. <laughs> He does. He does. And we were like, well, I guess we're just going to do Alice Cooper makeup on because it makes sense. But let's mix it up a little bit because he's 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 such a wonderful man. And so, like, you know, you have this picture like I had this picture of Alice Cooper because of his performance and you meet him and he's such a gentleman and he's so down to earth and so lovely. And I was like, he will go for this. I know he will. So instead of just doing the same old like black, we mixed in some red and we mixed in like another color into it. And he was so excited about that. He was like, (laughs) 
really like this. I really like this. So that, that was pretty cool. It's always strange when you sort of work with these icons that you grew up with. Mm. And when you're growing up, you never think, oh, I'm one day going to meet this person or I might become friends with this person. And then suddenly you're like, oh, there are numbers in my phone now. And it's just like the most bizarre thing. And especially for me, like growing up, never thinking that anything like this would happen to me. So yeah, it's great to be able to like work with these wonderful people. A couple of other other things. You mentioned you've done some film work. Uh, Ghostbusters you did? Yes, so the that- new Ghostbusters. Yeah, the new Ghostbusters. How did you end up on that? And I mean, that for somebody that used to do kind of horror makeup and stuff, were you doing kind of makeup of ghosts and things on that, or were they all entirely CGI? Uh, well, funny. So we did do ghostly makeup on a lot of people. We did know that there was going to be some CGI. So I, because um, I live in Western Mass, there's a lot of film work that happens in Boston. Right. And so because I'm part of the union, I get called a lot to go in and day play. And I love day playing. Like you go in for however long, do your job, you're told what to do, you do your job, it's really great and wonderful, and then you leave. And so I had gotten called, and so I did two weeks on it, so I did two different scenes. Um, I did the scene that was in the theater with uh, the heavy metal concert, right? Yeah. where we had like 300 extras, I think, on that one. Um <laughs> Plus all the stunt people. And and then I also did the final battle scene right. um, in New York, which then we had done all this work on, on all of these people and this ghost work and all facial hair and things like that. And then I think they ended up CGIing everybody. So, um, <laughs> so but it was still fun. I mean, it was, a, it was a fun experience. I remember it was a really late night, too, and I ended up driving the wrong way on the highway to go home because I was... And I realized 20 minutes in that um, going the wrong way. And I'm like, wait, now it's going to take me another 20 minutes plus to get home. Um, yeah. So it's just I, I get called to do these things. And, and I just if I'm available, I love day playing. And in fact, I just got an email from uh, one of our union reps saying that a lot of work is coming to Boston. So everybody like update their availability and <laughs> it's going to be a lot of calls coming through. So. Oh, well, that's good. That's, that's yeah. what you want. <laughs> yeah. Although I'm pretty much booked up until November. So better to be that way than the other way. So <laughs> Yes. And uh, speaking of the horror, um, one of the projects that I'm working on is um, Beetlejuice, the musical. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That must be a glorious thing to be working on. Yes, it is a lot of makeup. Let me tell you, yeah. uh, it's a lot. And I'm so excited for it. And to, being like a huge Tim Burton fan. I'm like, this is like a dream come true to be able to work on something like this. So yeah, that'll be spectacular. So I'll come to uh, my my last two questions. First one is, what TV shows are you watching at the moment? Ooh, a lot. Handmaid's Tale yes. is definitely one because we're that close to becoming it. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, if things go the wrong way, that's happening. Yeah. Um, I will be in a car on the way to Canada. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I finally was able to watch the finale of Sense8, which made made me very happy. It was a good finale um, if they had to end it. And I've been trying to catch up on Blackish. Um, so I watched that sort of in between to catch up on that. Master of None is one that I that I love and I'm looking forward to the new season. Orange is the New Black just came out, so I'll be able to watch that new season. That's great, that season, yeah. Yeah, so I haven't been able to watch this new season. Um, and I just finished, finally, and you'll laugh because you've had it for, what, I think like two years now, the last season of The Great British Baking Show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. We finally got it on PBS, so I was uh, able to watch and I do watch a lot of like BBC shows and British shows. So, last question: I know you mainly work in theatre, but if you had the opportunity to work on one TV show, past, present, or future, what TV show would it be? Ooh, 
You know, I'm going to say the first thing that came into my mind, which is um, Star Trek The Next Generation. Ah, good I'm call. A huge, I'm a huge, like, sci-fi fantasy nerd. You know, I've always, like we were talking about, I've always been a fan of Star Trek. And when The Next Generation came out, I think it was so different and unique. And people were so worried about it being a reboot of Star Trek and that it was just going to be the same thing. And I, I think that over time, they developed those characters so well. And I love the storylines. Like, there was a the, the storyline with the androgynous race. Yeah which was so, so ahead of its time, which I thought was such a great thing. And they tackled issues in really clever ways. And one of the things that I've always wanted to do is learn prosthetics. And I've just never either had the time or the money or both at the same time to be able to do it. And, you know, it fascinates me. And, and you know, to be able, I love creating worlds. That's why I love designing, because I love creating worlds. I love creating communities of people and characters and putting them in these worlds. So there, there the characters are so unique and so innovative in really interesting ways. And I would have loved to have been able to be a part of that to create these sort of icons, which in theater, I have been able to do that. But in that, like, you know, it's kind of like that nerd boy kind of thing where like you get to meet like George Takei or you get to meet like all of these, you know, crazy idols that other people, I got to meet B. Arthur once. And I was like, ah, it was like one of the, one of the people <laughs> that was like, I can't believe this is happening and I don't know what to say. Um, and I never get starstruck. Um, but you know, something like that, like where you get to meet this. And, and so for me, like to be a part of something that would be so iconic, that, that would be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for spending a bit of time. It's been lovely to, uh, to talk to you. I, you I, 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 hopefully I will get to see Jesus Christ Superstar fairly soon. Um, I do. I hope you do. Cause it's a really great production. It's a really yeah. great production. And especially, you know, look at, we didn't talk about the tattoos, but look at the tattoo work. Cause a lot of it is mine as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, uh, yeah. th- yes, we should, should have covered that really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to hopefully seeing that. I do hope SpongeBob makes it over here at some point. Cause I, that I, I think hope, I, I would I really so. love to see. So, uh, so that would be awesome. Well, have a great day and uh, hopefully I'll talk to you again at some point in the future. Yeah, that would be great. That'd awesome. be great. Have a great day. Cheers. Bye. Bye. So that was the interview with Joe Delude. Hope you really enjoyed that. As I say, I think you can actually buy the Jesus Christ Superstar live in concert thing. I think you can actually buy it on DVD over here, but it's never actually been out on TV. Obviously, for his other work, like Wicked, head to London. (laughs) Um, Here's some highlights for next week on TV. Highlights for next week on TV. We are heading into that season where you get a lot of stuff coming back. So um, there's a new show coming to W called American Housewife. Katie Mixon stars as Katie Otto, who tries to stand out amongst the wealthy, pretentious, arrogant housewives and their privileged children after moving to her new hometown of Westport, Connecticut. So that's coming on the 5th of September at 8pm to W. The Purge TV series, that's starting on the 5th of September as well. That's on Amazon Prime. So if you like the Purge movies, the TV series might want to go and check out. Interesting new drama coming to the BBC on uh, BBC One on the 6th of September at 9pm. This is uh, set in the world of the British newspaper industry and all the scum and villainy that goes with that uh charlotte riley and ben chapman are the uh, two leads in that but a really interesting looking cast i'm i'm quite intrigued by that i think that will be one worth watching sounds a bit like the thick of it maybe but thick of it's maybe more of a comedy yeah no less of a comedy it's definitely a drama this um Mm. So uh, I, but it sounds like one of those like good top end, high end BBC dramas. So 
so well, well mm. worth watching. Atypical, back for its second season. I love, loved the first yes. season of this. It was Big such fan. a funny thing. It's about an 18-year-old who's on the autism spectrum and basically his journey and uh, how he deals with life. It's a wonderful, beautiful comedy. Really, really nicely put together. It's hilarious. That's Atypical. That's coming on the 7th of September to Netflix. Also this week, we have Iron Fist Season 2. So, um, so <laughs> September the 7th of this. I think you should give this a try. After, after The Defenders and his guest appearance on uh, Luke Cage, I, I think that Danny Rand is worth another look. I didn't mind the first season of Iron Fist, but it certainly was the weakest out of that first bunch. I think they'll probably have learnt from their mistakes and yeah. I think this actually could be a really good season. So uh, season two of Iron Fist, 7th of September on Netflix for that. New sci-fi coming to sci-fi, which is a <laughs> makes a change. Um, <laughs> Future Man, this is uh, 10th of September at 10pm this arrives. Stars Joss Hutchinson from The Hunger Games as Joss Future Man. The, he's, like a, it's like a comic book, isn't it? Uh, it? It basically is. I mean, it is very kind of... It, it's a comedy sort of thing anyway, but uh, it is very comic booky. Uh, janitor by day, gamer by night, who is recruited by mysterious visitors to travel through time in order to prevent the extinction of humanity. I like the look of this. It looks particularly silly. So uh, that's coming to, uh, it's called Future Man. That's coming to Sci-Fi UK, 10th of September at 10pm. QI Season P, that's back on the 10th of September at 10pm. I, I love QI. It's really good. Sandy Topford's been fantastic as how uh, taking over as host so uh, very happy to see that coming back season one of you which is this uh, dark 21st century love story about an obsessive yet brilliant 20 something who uses hyper connectivity of today's technology to make the women of his dreams fall in love with him so it's sort yeah. of a stalker drama the trailer for this looks very very dark netflix 10th of september for that and it's called you black earth rising BBC Two, this comes to on 10th of September at 9pm. We've actually got it down as season one, but I, this may actually be a mini-series. It's set across Europe, UK, Africa and the US. Explores issues of justice, guilt and self-determination. Stars Michaela Cole and John Goodman. So, yeah, kind of interesting to see John Goodman in a, in a sort of big budget BBC drama, really. Yeah. Michaela Cole's been on, I think, Chewing Gum is the thing that she's probably yes. best known for. She was also in Black Mirror, I think. Yes, I think she probably was. She was one of the, the group that went through Black Mirror at some point. Uh, but that looks <laughs> like it could be really interesting, but quite heavy going possibly as well. So uh, BBC Two, Black Earth Rising, that's called. ITV being ITV, of course, have counter-programmed against that. And they've got Strangers starting uh, on uh, 10th of September at 9pm as well. That stars John Sim as a professor whose life is turned up upside down after his wife, Megan Harris, is killed in a car crash in Hong Kong, only for him to make a shocking discovery when he flies out there to pick up the body. So, I mean, it's John Sim, it's an yeah. ITV drama. You kind of know the sort of thing you're likely to get. It's probably going to be pretty solid and uh, I was worth say, a watch. I don't think I've heard much from John Sim in a little while. No, he pops up in these kind of ITV dramas. It's about the third one in a row he's done, I think. <laughs> so uh, he's, he seems to be you know, fairly solidly at work with them. But uh, I've, again, I think that's going to be 
one to go and watch. And then lastly, The Deuce, which is back for its second season on the 11th of September at 10pm. This is about the uh, legalisation and subsequent rise of the porn industry in New York in the 70s and 80s. It's from the creations of The Wire. It does have a very sort of Wire feel to it. Season one was really good. Really, really solid. Um, well worth going to watch. I think you can watch the first season on Catch Up on uh, Now TV and Sky on Demand as well. So worth going to look at. And uh, second season starts on the 11th of September at 10pm so that's everything I think unless you've got anything else you want to add great no that's good for me Dave I'm looking forward to Atypical yes definitely for us if you want to find more information you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date info if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown on an instagram at geektown uk that's everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.